Hello and welcome to Caribbean HR Radio, broadcasting from Kingston, Jamaica, in April 2016. I'm Francis Wade, and I'll be with you for the next hour or so as we do a special set of interviews from the Hermat Conference from 2015. That's the HR Management Association of Trinidad and Tobago. During this particular episode, we'll be interviewing three presenters, one of whom happens to be Dr. Robert Kaplan. You may know the name. He's the inventor of the balance scorecard and the strategy map from, and he's from Harvard Business School. We'll also be interviewing Leah D'Souza and Maxine Atong, two consultants who are local to here in Trinidad. So stay tuned. This is a special episode. So during the show, take a moment to connect with our social network, including our discussion list at caribhrforum.com. Then listen and like our page on Facebook. And make sure to introduce yourself to the wider community through our group on LinkedIn. It's called Carib HR Net. So keep listening. Don't click away to our website. Stop checking that email. Instead, keep your computer locked in here to Carib HR Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Too busy to stay abreast of the latest happenings in the human resource field? Use the power of social media to get the latest ideas from the best human resource practitioners across the Caribbean. The discussion list at CaribHR Forum uses Facebook, LinkedIn, and its own email list to share ideas for your texts, audio, and video to keep our members up to date and in the know. Not a member? Join our growing discussion list today by visiting www.caribhr.com hrforum.com Do you have a skill that you'd like to contribute to the Carib HR Forum community? We have openings for HR professionals who are skilled writers, radio hosts, researchers, and web designers. It's a great way to hone some new skills and also to let people know who you are and what kinds of skills you have. Let us know by sending an email to francis at caribhrforum.com Hi and welcome back to Carib HR Radio. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, today we have the distinction of having a very special guest from the Harvard Business School. Robert S. Kaplan is a professor and, uh, as you know, a PhD, actually in operations research, who is the expert who came up with the whole idea of the balanced scorecard and the strategy map. Uh, Professor Kaplan, welcome to the Hermat Conference. Yeah, thank you, Francis. Great, it's great to have you here. And um, well, for those who may never have heard, and I imagine there aren't many, who don't know of the balance scorecard or the strategy map, could you explain for the very naive, maybe perhaps younger practitioner, what the tools are all about? Well, we developed the balance scorecard uh, 25 years ago because of the limitations of using financial measures alone to evaluate and motivate the performance of. Uh, companies. And while financial accounting uh, measures such as net income or return on investment are good over long periods of time for assessing the success of organizations, in short periods of time, such as a year or certainly a quarter, they give misleading uh, signals about how well a company is doing. Because we found that increasingly the company's value is determined by its intangible assets its people, its innovation, its customer loyalty, more than by its tangible assets of its uh, financial assets and its physical assets. 
but the balance sheet of a company only shows its physical and financial assets and not its intangible assets. And so there's a huge gap. And we believe if you don't measure something, you don't manage it well. And so we developed the balance scorecard to give us measures of the most important uh, value creators of companies, which are customer loyalty and customer relationships, uh, critical processes such as quality and innovation, and also employees and culture, which are the most intangible assets of all, but perhaps the most important. And we have given this framework to measure customers and processes and employees and culture. Fantastic. I could see why an HR practitioner would be excited by the idea of the scorecard because it brings into, it brings into relief the intangible asset that they care about most, which is people. Yeah, I mean, HR professionals are somewhat frustrated. They always want to, say, play a more strategic role, and they try to do it with simplistic financial measures. What's the rate of return on HR spending? And you just can't calculate it that way, because the HR spending doesn't directly lead to better financial results. It gets there through a whole chain of cause and effect linkages that more intelligent HR spending improves capabilities and motivation of employees. That in turn enables them to perform processes better. And if they selected the right processes to focus on, that delivers a better value proposition to customers. And if that all works, then the customers will give us more business at higher margins. But it's only at the end of that chain that you see the connection from the initial HR spending to improve margins and higher return on capital. Right. As, as our listeners know, we've been going through very difficult economic times here in the Caribbean. And I would think it's safe to say that most companies are focusing on the financial results more than anything else. And that cause and effect relationship that you just mentioned between learning and development or people, internal processes, customer development and ultimately customer experience and ultimately financial results is often is being overlooked nowadays. And that's, a, and that's exactly the problem with managing by the financial numbers because you can take short-term actions that improve your financial results, but in so doing, you're destroying future value. Right, especially among your human resources, right? Exactly, because you, know, you end up with a, uh, a workforce that's not well-trained, that's becoming uh, alienated and demotivated, and then when you finally say, okay, let, let me grow and try to do better, you, you, you don't have the loyalty and you don't have the skills in your employee base. Right. Uh, do you have any coaching for the HR employee, HR practitioner, who sees what, understands what you're saying, agrees, but somehow isn't respected when it comes to strategy by the executive team? Absolutely. I think that HR you know, just can't sit in its own silo, in its own department. I mean, they have to follow what I would call a customer solution strategy. Their customers are the internal business units or the company as a whole. And they have to treat them as their customers. And they have to think about what can we do for them that m creates value for them. And so they have to learn how to partner with the line executives because they should be the line executive's best friend because the executives are not going to be able to be successful unless they have the right people with the right skills and the right jobs. Are you suggesting that HR should educate, educate managers and executives as to the truth of this cause and effect relationship and the cost of not following it? 
That's certainly one possibility, and we have seen in some organizations where the HR people actually can work collaboratively with business unit managers to create a strategy map and balance scorecard for the business unit. Okay. You know, so now they're partnering with them, and then they can see very clearly the role for HR in implementing that strategy. But I think also to do that, the HR people have to understand better strategy. So at this conference where this interview is taking place, there's a lot of sessions about HR strategy, right. but not so many stress sessions on business strategy. Right. And I think that for HR to be credible partners with business and company managers, they have to first understand the strategies that the businesses and the companies are trying to implement and then demonstrate how the HR function plays a critical role in helping them implement those strategies. So perhaps an HR practitioner could start by going back into prior strategies and illuminating the important role of HR before starting a new strategy? Well, if you're looking at the existing strategy and first see if it's successful, how the employees contributed to that success, or if it was unsuccessful, perhaps it was due to a misalignment between the employee capabilities and motivation and the strategy itself. So it, it could work in either direction. There's a diagnostic where the previous or the existing strategy is not delivering the desired results because of the lack of alignment to the strategy. So at the end of the day, when we speak to senior executives who have used the balanced scorecard successfully and gotten really terrific results, and we ask them, what did it really do for you? you know, what was the capabilities it created for you? And they come back with two words, two words of focus and alignment. And the focus is on the strategy. We became much more a strategy-focused organization. But the alignment is we now had all of our, all of our departments, but especially our people, aligned to the strategy execution in a way that we never had before. And so I think those two words are really what to keep in mind. Focus, and that is that we need a strategy and we have to be focused on that strategy, but then we need the alignment, and the alignment is people. It's also spending. We have to spend on critical uh, projects and initiatives, and we have to spend to develop our people to align better to the strategy. If an HR practitioner, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are many of them listening who are nodding their heads as they listen because they would agree completely, but may find themselves short of some of the critical skills because I imagine as HR practitioners, they're not taught how to think in terms of business strategy and they're also not taught how to influence their peers in terms of uh, long-term strategy, even three to five years, as you said in your presentation. What, what kinds of critical skills do you find that HR practitioners missing that they should work on if they're going to... And in some companies, they might be the one to introduce the balance scorecard from scratch. So well, they could try to remedy that uh, maybe the skills gap by attending an executive program, you know, at a business school focused on strategy. And so maybe there will only be a few HR people there. <laughs> but, but if they're there with line managers and interacting with them in the program, then first they'll learn the language. Uh, both the cognitive language of strategy and also the body language of business managers who are there also to learn how to be better at strategy. So that requires identifying a place to go where you can take perhaps a three-day or a five-day course. You know, alternatively, 
because uh, I know that that's a that's an expense. Uh, I, I'd kind of go on the internet and see you know what kind of courses are out there, and especially with MOOCs, uh, massive uh, uh, online. online. Uh, I forgot what the other oh, always courses. Uh, courses. Uh, I'm sure there are courses on strategy, and, and that would be worth investing. It really would be worth just because you have to learn the language of strategy so you can have the same conversations with the business people and be thought of, therefore, as a credible partner. Because uh, a lot of HR functions end up just being uh, more transactional relationships. You know, we hire people, we uh, we offer programs, uh, we run the benefits program, we take care of some compliance issues and uh, harassment and discrimination issues, uh, and, and the business people think of us in, the, in that role, right. but not as a partner with us to create value. Right. Uh, and so I think the HR has to shift from you know the historic silos to be collaborators. That will require uh, new skills. Uh, so you're speaking the same language, uh, and also learn how to be a relationship partner. Right, right. I, I think many HR practitioners lose, or they lose respect in their businesses, respected businesses, because they don't talk the numbers game. They don't they don't talk the numbers of the business. But they also don't talk HR numbers. And I know you are going to get to the HR scorecard today, but we ran out of time. Can you give them any insights or listeners any insights as to how to develop the fluency in measuring what they do on a daily basis so that it can at least get a little bit of respect from the other executives in the company? Well, and that would require uh, having some type of HR scorecard, which is related to how what the... HR organization is trying to accomplish, uh, and for me, that, you know, the power of the scorecard framework would be a, the customer. You have to think about who their customers are. Their customers will typically well, is the internal business units of the company, and they have to speak. Well, what can we do in our uh, daily job that creates value for our internal customers? Now, some of it is traditional HR functions, and you still have to do that well, and they're counting on the HR function uh, to have good compensation plans and good career development plans for the employees uh, and run the fringe benefits programs and the compliance programs, and training the employees in the culture and ethics and all those important ideas, and, and I would consider that traditional HR functions, and they have to be excellent at that. Right. But the other another dimension, or another theme that could run through your balanced scorecard, is this uh, relationship building. You know, and uh, maybe it starts with a service agreement. Uh, you know, some type of agreement once a year with the the business unit or the, each business unit or the company as a whole as to what they want HR to deliver and be explicit. You could have a set of uh, tangible measures or even or just objectives and periodically actually the HR people could survey, maybe a quarterly survey of the business units where ask them how are we doing? Are you satisfied? Uh, how, how, and actually get from one to five and uh, get feedback on HR performance for the business units who are their customers. You know, as, as, as you're saying that, I'm imagining that some of our listeners are getting a little bit nervous because many HR practitioners, from my point of view, thrive on not being measured using hard numbers. And to ask for that kind of feedback or to set up that kind of measuring mechanism is a little bit like 
asking for trouble in a way. Well, but, I mean, it's ironic because one of the important HR functions I didn't mention is to establish a performance measurement system for employees, or performance management systems. And we're asking employees to do this management by objectives where each employee has you know, three or five uh, measures that they're going to be accountable for. And HR, it's like we call the cobbler's sh children go unshod. Well, no, that's not good. Uh, they have to be accountable for themselves, just the way they want employees to be accountable for the employee performance, as they should. HR professionals should be accountable for their HR performance. Uh, agreed. And I'm sure many would agree in principle. It's just that the application seems to be so lacking. I, I remember a conversation with a general manager, and he said, Oh yeah, people are the number one thing when it comes to implementing strategies. So I said, oh great, so you plan to work with HR. He said, no, 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 we don't involve HR in that. <laughs> he actually said, I don't have faith in my HR function. And I, I wonder, and this is my final question for you in a way, when it comes to implementation, the, there are many companies across our region who have tried the balance scorecard. They may have put together a decent strategy. But when it rubber hits the road, HR, whether it's HR or not, but somehow it didn't get implemented. It didn't get past the binder or the PowerPoint presentation. Nothing changed in terms of executive behavior or employee behavior. And HR typically wouldn't see that as its job. Do you see that as, a, as an issue? And how would you recommend to those who have tried the scorecard and not seeing the implementation take place. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, if uh, the scorecard fails in the way you described, that really is a CEO and executive team leadership failure for not aligning all parts of the organization. So the HR is not in a position to really uh, tell the CEO, you know, right. this is what you have to do, though if the HR people are more knowledgeable about the strategy execution system based on the balanced scorecard, they perhaps could coach uh, the CEO. But you should talk about one other function. And, and uh, it took us 15 years to realize this, but realize that the system of strategy implementation that Dave Norton and I have advocated doesn't run by itself. Mm -hmm. uh, and we found we needed a new class of professional, what we call the strategy management officer. And these are the people who have expertise really in how to create strategy maps and balanced scorecards uh, and really the center of excellence for that within the organization. I mean, 20 years ago, there would be nothing for those people to do because we didn't have a system. But now we actually do have a system that can be implemented and has been implemented all over the world in all types of organizations and sectors. Now, so the question comes in is what, who should be... The, in that strategy management office. Well, certainly you could take people from strategic planning, but certainly an HR person could you know, step up to that role. One who really understands it, they would have the right, some of the right kind of skills to be effective in this strategy management function. Would it, not, would it also include change management and project management? Yes, yeah, all of those things come in, and it's a challenging position, uh, but an exciting one because it does involve left-brain skills, things right. of strategy, analytic tools and measurement with the balanced scorecard, but also has these right-brain components that you describe about leading change, and change management, motivation, plus also personal skills of being able to work with people because often you're 
the person who's the strategy management officer might be two organizational levels away from the executive team, but they're working very closely with executive team members. So they have to be able to have the trust and confidence of those executive team members, and they also have to be able to help implement the executive team's wishes with decentralized operating managers. So uh, you need very strong kind of right brain skills along with the left brain skills. But if you have that, it's a tremendous position. It sounds, it sounds fascinating. Is this mentioned in your latest book? Actually, it's the final chapter in the book. So we describe the whole system. Uh, and then in chapter 10, the final chapter, we say, okay, how does this all work together? And so chapter 10 is creating the Office of Strategy Management. And the name of the book again? Ex the Execution Premium. And it's available. Where can people pick up a copy of it? Online or? Probably the easiest way is uh, via Amazon. Uh, is it available in ebook or as a Kindle or? Uh, I believe it is. I, I haven't checked recently. Uh, but if it isn't right to me, we should make it. But I, I think it is. Fantastic. And if they wanted to, to delve in more into the principles of the Balanced Scorecard Strategy Map, which website can they access to get more of the answers that you have come up with and you've provided? Well, Dave Norton's of my company is called uh, Palladium, so there's a, the palladiumgroup.com. Much of that is just uh, describing the range of services that are being offered. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure there's a go-to website, but an alternative is we have a one-week program at the Harvard Business School uh, about third week in July called Driving Corporate Performance. And the balanced scorecard plays a prominent role in that one-week uh, course. Open so, to HR practitioners? Well, yeah. No, as, no, as long as uh, so you can get the company to sponsor you, uh, we'd love to have HR people there. I mean, it's often uh, strategic planning people and financial people, but uh, it would be a great uh, place for an HR person to come up to speed on strategy and also the measurement aspects that we've been talking about. It sounds like an awesome opportunity. Robert Kaplan, thanks for uh, spending time with us here at the Hermat Conference in Puerto Spain, Trinidad, uh, sharing your knowledge about the balanced scorecard and the strategy map. And it's great to meet you in person and have you here. Thank you. You conduct a very good interview. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. It's because we're Cornell graduates. <laughs> Stay tuned. There's more coming.